Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text this day will be taken from the reading in the Gospel of Matthew. Let's begin with the word of prayer. Merciful God, we give you thanks that you are a good Father, that you watch over us and protect us. You are with us through all things. And Lord, we need those promises right now because we face a lot of trials and difficulties in our lives. Lord, as we face whatever it is that comes our way, whatever it is that you might even deem to send our way, we pray, O Lord, that you would keep us faithful to you, boldly proclaiming your truth and acknowledging you before the world. Now, Lord, I pray that you would use me to proclaim your word this day and that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts would be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, who needs a break? Who needs a break from 2020? Let's see a show of hands. I can see you actually through the screen here. Oh, I got some people in here raising their hands. Very good. Everybody in the sanctuary today is raising their hands, and I'm sure you are at home too. I need a break. I need a break from social media. I need a break from the news. I need a break from the pandemic, from the riots, from the politicking. I don't know about you, but I need a breather. I'm exhausted. I need something to come along and give me comfort and restore my soul, something to alleviate my fears. I mean, right now, everything seems so uncertain about the future, and it it raises my anxiety, and it actually gets me afraid. I need something uh, to alleviate my fears and make me feel better. And so, that's why we come here today, right? That's why we gather for worship. So we can turn to Jesus and find some comfort. And so let's do that today. Let's turn to the Lord Jesus and find some comfort. Today, Jesus says to you these words. Brother will deliver brother over to death, and father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. That's, that's a weird Father's Day passage. Okay, well, okay, Jesus, hold on, time out. Start over here. What I said was I needed some, some comfort, some, some relief, something to break me away from this anxiety. And those verses, they, they don't help. So maybe let's, let's try again. Jesus, give me some comfort. And Jesus says, when they persecute you, flee in one town. Uh, when they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. When they persecute you. No, 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 no. Comfort, not fear. And Jesus says, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is not enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, that is the devil, uh, how much more will they malign those of the household? Wait. Jesus was maligned and then, and then crucified, and he says those who are part of his family, those who are in his household, are going to get the same treatment? Well, so much for comfort today uh, from Jesus. So much for easing the stress here, Lord. This is a tough thing today. And in fact, as we come to our reading from Matthew's Gospel today, we are coming to an incredibly difficult passage to hear. His words are pretty straightforward. They are very hard for us to hear. But frankly, the words that Jesus speaks to us today in this message are very necessary for us to be hearing, especially in our day and age. Now, these words were spoken by Jesus to his 12 disciples as he was about to send them out on their first missionary journey. He is preparing them for their first missionary work here, and it's really a wonderful thing he's doing. Jesus is sending them out, and he tells them, you are going to go into all of these towns, and when you get there, you are going to heal the sick, and you are going to raise the dead, and you are going to cleanse lepers, and you are going to cast out 
demons. I mean, this is incredible stuff. This is what Pastor Matt was preaching about last week. This is what they were being sent to do. They were being sent to bring the light of Christ's gospel into this world of darkness, hope in a place of despair, healing in a place of sickness. It was a beautiful thing that Christ was sending them out to do. And you think to yourself, with all that amazing stuff you were going to see happen, with all these amazing things they were going to do, who wouldn't want to follow them? Who wouldn't want to listen to their teacher? Who wouldn't want to have something to do with this Jesus? Well, apparently a lot of people. Because Jesus warns them. I'm sending you out to do these things. And then he says these words, and I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. I don't know if you know a lot about the relationship between sheep and wolves, but they usually don't, you know, hang out together or go to dinner parties together unless the sheep are on the menu. Sheep are usually, when it comes to their relationship with wolves, devoured or at least harmed and maimed and attacked. And Jesus is sending his disciples out as sheep among wolves with the very message that is going to attract the wolves and cause them to attack. And then he says this, he doesn't say something like, and then go hide and do it in secret so nobody finds out about it and you're safe. No, he says, get my word out there, confess the truth, carry out the work of love and do it loudly and do it proudly. He says, what I tell you in the dark, say in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Now, That's the message and the responsibility Jesus gave to those 12, but those last words there, those are the responsibilities that Jesus has given to his church in every age. That you proclaim what we hear whispered into our ears from the rooftops. Now, what he's talking about there, what we have whispered into our ears, is not a little message you got from Jesus one day in your personal prayer time, or not some vision you had of God during a a dream or something like this. The word that he's talking about that's being whispered into your ears is the word that has been shouted from the rooftops of Scripture by the holy disciples for you to hear and for you to believe. It's that message that says, God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to redeem and save the world. The Lord Jesus is is God in human flesh who has come to rescue us from our bondage to sin. For we are lost and condemned in our own sinfulness. We are part of the problem in this world. And the only hope we have for salvation and redemption is found in this Jesus Christ. And there is a day coming when God is going to judge the living and the dead. And the only hope that you or I have on that day is that Jesus Christ has us on his side. There is no hope before God apart from Christ. This is why Jesus says today, whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father in heaven. You stand against Jesus, you do not have an advocate on that day of judgment. So Jesus tells us to tell people this so they know that someone, an advocate has come for them. They do in fact have a sacrifice who has come to take away their sins. They do in fact have a Savior in Jesus Christ. And this is what he has done for you. He's come to save you so that he stands before the Father to advocate for you so that you have eternal life. You are forgiven and free because of this Jesus Christ. And now he puts himself on your lips so that you will confess him and proclaim him before the world so others might come to know this wonderful salvation. Jesus says, everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But as as Paul writes to us in Romans 10, how will they confess his name if they don't believe in him? And how are they going to believe in him unless they hear of him? And how are they going to hear of him unless somebody preaches him? 
And so Christ sends his church into the world with this saving message to proclaim it from the rooftops, to proclaim his death and resurrection, to bring salvation to all who are in bondage to sin, and yes, to be prepared to suffer for it. It is the message that saves, and it is a message that offends. Now, it's not hard in our world right now to be offensive. We live in a time when everybody is offended by everything. And I know this is true because as soon as I say that, you start to think of yourself, you start to think to yourself about some group that's always offended by things you say. But, you know, when you think about that group, just remember, you are wildly offended by them. We're all offended by everything. We're all just offended constantly. And this is a hard world for somebody like me to live in because I am a people pleaser. And I want everyone to be happy, and I want everyone to like me, and I don't ever want to step on anybody's toes, and so I constantly feel like I'm walking on eggshells because I'm worried about offending people. But I've begun to realize that sort of attitude is is pointless anymore because everybody's offended by everything. So the way I see it is if we're going to be offensive anyways, if we're going to offend everybody anyways, we may as well just do it with the gospel. Huh? We may as well just go out and proclaim the gospel, understanding that some people will be offended by this. Some people may turn on us because of this. Some in our own family and our own loved ones might turn against us because of this gospel. And then yet some of them might actually end up being saved by this gospel. Though it might get us killed, though it might bring about hardship and suffering, it will bring salvation to the world. So Jesus sends his church out to do this. A sheep among wolves. And is that it? Is that all we got here today? Jesus sends his church out not to be, a popular, not to be popular and a party for the wolves, uh, but to be a sheep among wolves to die? Is that it? Well, Jesus does do that, but no, that's not it. Remember what he said, no servant is greater than the master. And the master that we follow is not just a shepherd who sends his sheep out among wolves to see what will happen to him, and he's not just another sheep who has thrown himself among the wolves. No, he is the Lamb of God who has come to take away the sin of the world. And he has jumped in among the wolves so that he would be led to the slaughter. And yes, he's asking you to follow him. He's asking you to follow him to that cross that he dies upon. But remember, it's that cross that saved you. It is that cross that redeemed you. It's that cross that forgives you. And it is his cross that gives you the promise of a father who loves you far more than the world could ever hate. So Jesus says, Do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are numbered. Insert bald joke here, Jim. Thank you very much. Jesus says, Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than sparrows. You follow Jesus to the cross, and there Jesus went to the cross for you to shed his blood for you so that you would have not an angry judge in heaven, but a Father who loves you, who forgives you, who, as we just sang, gives you strength and causes you to stand even in the midst of a world that would hate you and despise you for your message, and not even for your message, for his message. And so the question we have to ask ourselves today is, who should we fear? And as we say in the catechism, that which you fear, love, and trust above all else, well, that is your God. 
And if you fear the crowds and you fear those who can kill your body and you fear those who stand opposed to Jesus and you love your life more than you love God, then uh, you should expect God not to be on your side. You will bow to them and that will not go well on the day of judgment. But if you fear the judgment of God, if you fear Jesus denying you before the Father, if you fear not looking upon the gracious smile of the Almighty on the last day, then you will throw caution to the wind and you will confess his name before the world. Now, will you be attacked for this? Yep, absolutely. And as I think we're seeing happen very, uh, in very much real time right now in our world, uh, our confession is being accepted less and less in the church as we stand for God's created order and we stand for life and we stand for mercy and forgiveness and the saving message of Jesus Christ, the culture will continue to turn against us more and more. And so we should expect to be attacked and despised even perhaps by those we love. Yet you have a Jesus who loves you more than you could possibly imagine. You have a Jesus who is your advocate and confesses your name before the Father. Jesus, who is risen from the dead and lives and reigns for you, stands before the Father in heaven and looks upon you as you confess his name. And he says, you see that one, Father? You see that one? That's one of the sheep that I have purchased for you with my blood. They belong to you. So fear not, dear sheep. Confess the truth. Fight for what is right. Cling to Jesus, even as he clings to you. Acknowledge him before the world, for he acknowledges you before your Father in heaven. Amen. We pray. Most merciful God, have mercy upon us. We pray, O Lord, that you would give us bold confession. We pray that we would be known for acknowledging Jesus faithfully before the world, regardless of what that means for our own lives. Lord, we do confess today that we have fallen short on this, most certainly. And so we pray, just as Peter denied you and yet was forgiven, we too would receive the forgiveness that Jesus has purchased for us with his blood. And now, Lord, with this forgiveness, always there for us, make us bold to confess your name so others might come to know of your great mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.